Welcome to Powered by Her, exploring the stories of how area women power their business. Here, from the growing network of female entrepreneurs of the Upper Cumberland, with your host Tiffany Anton, Director of Biz Foundry. Powered by Her starts now. Hi, you're listening to Powered by Her on the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. I'm Tiffany Anton with the Biz Foundry, and I have Becky Magura, President and CEO of WCTE, which is the Upper Cumberland PBS affiliate. Right. Correct? Okay. Hi, Becky. Hi. Thanks for coming in. Well, thank you so much. So I know you're, you really, really, truly are the power of, I feel like, um, the guru behind a lot at WCTE. You know, I've just been there a long time. So, So, which is, you know, an interesting place to start. How long have you been there? Well, if you count the time, I was the station's first student intern. So if you count that, then this year is my 40th year. Wow. I've been actually employed. So you started when you were like five years old? Yeah, wouldn't that be the case? Yeah, I wish. Yes. Um, So you started as a student intern. I was. I was the station's first student intern. And uh, in fact, when I walked in the door, the, they still had not hooked up all the equipment. So wow. that's how new everything was. Wow. And I had some wonderful female mentors at the university who really knew. At, at Tennessee Tech. At Tennessee Tech. Did you grow up here? So, I did. So let's back up. So did you go graduate from Cookville High School? I did. Kind of thing? Okay. Yes. Went to Cookville Junior High. Went to Jerry Whitson Elementary School. Wow. Um, lived on the corner of Dixie and Jerry Whitson forever. Wow. Uh, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, at least through my early adult life. And, um, so, and yeah. you know, it's sort of unique. I've only lived in two houses my whole life. Wow. And they're within, I would say, two miles of each other. So that's kind of unique. Yes. Um, so yeah, you are really, really immersed in the Upper Cumberland. I am. In Cookville, Pocono County. Right. Um, so born and raised here. Yes. Growing up at Jerry Whitson Elementary School. Yes. Were you really into PBS the the kind of PBS image of like watching you right and, you know it's or funny just TV I love well it's I was a real outdoors person and still am an outdoors person but uh, I loved television I loved theater growing up my mom was a teacher she was a teacher's assistant my dad was a butcher at Kroger And uh, we had a, you know, we were the average, I'd say, middle class family. I have two older brothers, wonderful brothers that live in this. Well, one lives in California and has lived in California for probably 40 years, my oldest brother. And then my brother, uh, his name is Perry. And my brother Donnie lives here with his wonderful family, big family on our uh, family farm. He and his wife, Rose, were high school sweethearts and, um, and so it's been a really unique um, opportunity to do what I absolutely love, but be able to stay at home because most people would not think you could work in television and live in a rural community. And I would never have thought that growing up here. So um, did you, as a kid, did you think I want to work in television, so I'm going to I'm going to leave? No, you know, as a kid, I wanted to be an actress. Oh, okay. As a kid, I wanted to be an actress, and I dreamed of winning an Emmy or an Oscar or a, really an Oscar, I guess. An Emmy is, I have won an Emmy, so that was pretty cool. Wow. Uh, for television production, thanks to Bluegrass Underground and some other things that Todd Gerald has uh, produced you with us. You have won, oh my, I am sitting with an Emmy Award. Well, it's, <laughs> it's a regional, it's a regional Emmy, but still, yes, it's a, yes. a pretty 
it's a, it's a daunting, don't, don't wonderful thing. Don't underplay this, no. Becky. It's a wonderful thing to hold in yes. and get to make an acceptance speech. That's amazing. I kind of felt like when that happened, I was that kid back in my, in, in, uh, my bathroom on uh, the corner of Dixie and Jerry Whitson holding a bottle of Dove, uh, you know, practicing, dishwashing, yeah, in the mirror, practicing, practicing in the mirror. For my acceptance speech, it really was sort of, it went full circle, yeah, that opportunity. I'm sure. So when you were even up for the nomination, right. tell me about that experience. Well, it's, it, you know, I've been nominated. I, I actually produced a series once, um, Robin Esther's Secret Box, which was a wonderful uh, collaborative effort that we did here about child sexual abuse prevention and um, I, you know, Tammy Hanchi wrote the story, Chris Ballinger, she uh, is a wonderful artist and she illustrated the story and it actually also received an Emmy nomination. We didn't win that year, unfortunately, but that, so, so just to be nominated with your peers and this is the Mid-South Regional Emmys. So it includes Tennessee, but also North Carolina and other states uh, in the Mid-South. So it is. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing and exciting. But again, even the even the uh, the state of Tennessee, right? There's a lot of times where we think, well, we're not Nashville. I mean, you know, we oh, we right. could never compete with what Nashville has going on, right? Because we're just Cookville. You well, know? and and I think you have to realize we're a public television station, and when you're competing, you're up against commercial networks. Mm. You're up against ABC and NBC and CBS and you're up against big production houses uh, out of Nashville and and Raleigh Durham and you know Memphis um, so f- to be nominated is huge mm-hmm. but then to go on and and actually win is just the most incredible feeling it is such an incredible so feeling. do you tell me go back to that time and what year was this that you won oh it was uh, it's probably about eight Years ago, I okay, guess. Okay, okay. We've won a couple of times for Bluegrass Underground. Okay, honestly. so what, um, the first time you won, what, do you remember your acceptance speech at all? You or know, anything you said or? I will tell you. Was I, it heavier than the Dove bottle? It was heavier than the Dove bottle. <laughs> it was, it was so exciting. Um, I knew that it was a collaborative effort. And, and I do remember one part of my acceptance speech was to recognize that I was from the Upper Cumberland. Yeah. And that this belonged to all of us. Yeah. You know, this this trophy, this Emmy was not mine. It was all of ours. Yeah. Because I think it's just what you said. When you come from a rural community, you don't think that you can compete sometimes. You don't think that you'll be at the same caliber or that you'll at least be recognized. Do you think um, sometimes do you own the fact that you are Becky that that girl that went to you know Jerry Whitson <laughs> and that there's probably some of your teachers that are along the way that still know and have followed you and are like she's Becky McGurra like, <laughs> she's made do you do you own that a little oh, bit because I don't it's hard to own that yes but I, it it is it's hard to own that yeah and I am grateful for that I you know I think I've had so many people and we have an incredible team at WCTE I've been fortunate to have been there from literally <laughs> yeah. from the beginning I've from been the, fortunate like, plugging in, plugging the, it the, in. The, the news um and I'm and yet I've had I've had people past and present 
uh, at the station who we have lifted what I believe public media to be in the Upper Cumberland, really well known throughout the country. Uh, We've lifted it up together. Now, because I'm the face a lot of times of the station, and and I am grateful for that, um, it it is not me by myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just isn't. And I know people say that, and it sounds cheesy to say it, but it's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was I was fortunate. I was lucky. Uh, I was. It was a gift from God to have this happen at a time when I was looking to really pursue a career in television. I mean, I I was in my um, senior year in college. I was working on a degree in education, um, and I actually went to California that spring break. To see your brother? Well, no, oh, okay, actually, okay. to see Jerry Henderson. Had, he was the uh, theater professor from at Tennessee Tech, and he had moved out to Malibu to teach at Pepperdine. And Cindy Putman, Cindy Whitaker, uh-huh. was one of my closest friends, and uh, she she was actually a theater major. And he said, you should come out and visit our family and see this incredible university that I'm teaching at. And I said, well, do they have a communications program? And he said, oh, they have a huge communications program. You should come and check it out. And they love giving scholarships. And so I went and actually interviewed with the, you know, the folks in the communications department and came back to school at Tennessee Tech with the idea that, okay, you know what, I know I want to pursue a career in television. And this was your senior year? In college. And you're, you were, okay, I'm going to pivot here and I'm going to switch my degree. Yeah. How well, I was what I decided is I would go to graduate school. Okay. What I decided at that moment, I would, I would finish out. Isn't what I wanted to do though was take my career in education and a potential new career in communications and in television specifically. And you know, ironically, I didn't think about PBS. This is what's kind of weird because I was sort of older. You know, PBS is 50 years old right now. Mm. So if you think about it, I was 10 when PBS was surfacing. And while, sure, I was familiar with it, I was more familiar with Bonanza and Gunsmoke and some of the other, you know, the Partridge family, um, some of those classic kind of shows on commercial television. Right. And it wasn't until as an educator, as a, as a, in my college career, that I started being familiar with PBS. But when I went to California, I, I had worked for uh, several years in radio while I was going to school, while I was going to college. Um, When I went to California, I was thinking more that I wasn't sure how I would combine these two, but I knew I wanted to do that. I knew I would have a broader impact through broadcast, and that's what I wanted to do. In case you're just joining us, we have Becky Magura with WCTE, which is our local PBS affiliate. She's the president and CEO and uh, you're listening to Powered by Her in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. So you decided, okay, I'm going to go to grad school. Yep. Did you go to tech for that? Well, yeah, because here's what's really funny is I came back and my uh, professor who was uh, my graduate, uh, she was going to be, I was going to be her graduate assistant, had already offered me a graduate assistantship at Tennessee Tech to stay. Her name was Dr. Mary Ayers. And Dr. Ayers said, did you go look at another school? 
during your it was uh, like you cheated break. on her. I know, right? <laughs> dun dun dun. Yeah. And I said, well, yes, Doctor Ayers, because here's the thing: I think I really want to major in television. I can't do that here at Tech. I can't do it. And she said, well, you know what? I've already been talking to Dr. Rebecca Quattlebaum, who was the dean of the graduate school. And Dean Quattlebaum and I are going to arrange for you to do all of your coursework with a television station that's opening here. And I said, there's, there's not a television station in Cookville. She goes, no, there's a PBS station going to open up here. And I said, there's no way that a PBS station is opening in Cookville. And this is Cookville of... 1980. 40, it was 1980. Okay. Uh, and what I didn't realize, the station, WCT, had actually been on the air in 78. The transmitter had been built, and we were on the air for two years, but we didn't have a studio. So in 1980, they were building a studio on campus. And it wasn't a university licensee. It was, it was a state-owned station at the time and uh, under the Department of Education. And... Um, they didn't even, they only had like two people working while while they were hooking up all this equipment. Mm-hmm. And she said, if you will agree to stay and go to uh, be my graduate assistant and and pursue this career, instead of placing you in a school, we'll place you in this TV station. And that's what they did. Wow. And here I am. Which is so much, I mean, so much more hands-on experience, probably way more than you could have gotten in a classroom. Oh, my goodness. There's no way. If I'd stayed in, you know, if I'd gone to California, I'm sure that would have been an incredible experience. Pepperdine is an amazing school. It's, you know, situated on the Malibu campus and... Um, and you and they did have internships with CBS and all right. these other places. But but when you think about what you learn from day one at a station that is building from the ground up, I, you know, I had incredible mentors and in, internally Richard and Donna Castle were at the station and so many people came along during that time period. But you're talking, you know, your podcast is powered by her. If it hadn't been for. Dr. Ayers, Mary Ayers, and Dean Quattlebaum, Rebecca Quattlebaum, taking an interest in me and seeing the fact that they felt like I did have something to gain but also to offer, um, that wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. So as women, for us to nurture and mentor and support each other in really helping someone find their passion, I think that's the key is you've And I tell this, I say this to people that I talk to all the time. I say this to our own employees. I love the people that that I work with and I want them near me. But if they have a passion for something and I can help them find that, I want to do what Rebecca Quattlebaum and Mary Ayers did for me. And, and help them to pursue yes. what, what even if it's a loss for you or for the for, yes. for WCTE, um, you know it's better for them in the long well, run. Well, because at the end of the day, it's almost like a boomerang, you know? what mm-hmm. When you grow as a person and you grow in your passion to serve, and, and I think we're all in a service um, mode, yes. then, then it comes back. It'll come back to you tenfold. And I think that that passion is really what's very important and and really being the the power, um, the force behind a a big entity like the the WCT station is you kind of set the tone of how is this going to happen? How are we going to go forward? And that passion kind of comes through with what you guys are able to do. 
How has it been moving up through the ranks to start as this little little woman on the totem pole <laughs> um, and, and moving up and you are the president and CEO of... It's amazing. It's unbelievable to me every day. Honestly, it's unbelievable to me. And, and you know, I serve, this is my final year to serve on the National PBS Board. I that, thought you were going to say my last No, no, no. My last year to serve on the National PBS Board. And that in itself has, well, you'd like that scoop though, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be something if I said, this is breaking news. Um, the, and and that, you know, PBS has a woman president. The Corporation for Public Broadcasting has a woman president. And so what I've learned from this national level. So when I stop and think about being that kid on the corner of Dixie and Jerry Whitson, going to school at Jerry Whitson Elementary, and I think the fact that I have sat in a boardroom, uh, that I have spoken before the Corporation for Public Broadcasting Board of Directors who are all appointed by the president, um, that is unbelievable to me. It yeah. is, uh, it, you know, what I knew, Tiffany, what I knew the minute I started working at the station is I loved it. I loved it. I had found something that I thought, oh my goodness, this is it. This is what I want to do forever. Now, what I did as an intern was I did whatever was needed. <laughs> right. I made pulled, copies. I pulled cable. I made copies. I carried equipment. I, you know, I remember one time um, I, there was a great, uh, his name was Rick Hall, and he was our first producer director. And we were setting up for a football game. And he knew that there was going to be potentially a job open up. I, I would, I'd been at the station maybe a year and I worked. I didn't care. I didn't care how many hours I worked. I didn't care what I had to do. I loved it. I loved being outside shooting. I loved doing the on air. I loved making the copies. Um, you, you're he, a passionate person. Well, you have that inside. So. I did. And it, and it hit that. It really hit that moment for me. And Rick said, hey, Becky, um, now we're going to set up for this ball game. And I'll just tell you. This is an interesting thing. He said, you need to carry the equipment just like a guy. Oh. And I said, well, I do carry the equipment. He goes, I know that. I know that. But I'm telling you, people will be watching you and they'll think if now that's discriminatory. Yeah. But back then. This was 1981. It was 1981. <laughs> uh, it was a reality that if somebody looked and there was a guy carrying the equipment and there was me not carrying the equipment, they knew that I wouldn't get the job. They knew it. And he sort of gave me that little idea. He said, don't let anybody think you can't do it. And I said, well, I know I can do it. And he goes, I know, but, but there's going to be just... They want to know. He said, I know it. They're going to want to know that you can perform as well as anybody. Well, let me tell you something. You haul equipment up and down the stadium stairs multiple times. It is not an easy job. No matter whether you're a man or a woman. No matter if you're a man or a woman. But I was very happy with the fact that uh, I was given the opportunities. And we should always want people to have those opportunities. Can I can I correct your saying of you earned those opportunities? Uh, well, okay. So I think I mean I think we do you know yeah. sell ourselves short sometimes of you know and we are in You're uh, right. everybody talks about magical Cookville and things are different here. Um, we just have 
I think a different culture in, in middle Tennessee, but, um, but yeah, you, I mean, you earned, you chose to say, I'm going to, I'm going to haul this equipment, not right. We're going to talk in a second about, um, kind of the, the culture that you've seen shift over the time. In case you're just joining us, I have Becky McGurra, president and CEO of WCTE, the local PBS affiliate. We're in the Hinson Oakley podcast center and you're listening to powered by her. So over the past 40 years, right? I'm sure that, first of all, that who was the president and CEO in 1980 was not probably a woman. No. And so I'm sure that, did you ever think, you know, in those early days, the early 80s, did you think I want to be that person? No, I didn't. I, I really didn't. You know, I loved producing uh, and to this day, uh, you can ask our production team. I, I, sh- I am sure I aggravate them because <laughs> I want to come in and produce something. Um, but I love that part of it. I love it's the creative part. It's the part of putting the story together that I, I love. Um, but, you know, I think when I was watching it, so what I wanted to be was combining television with education that's even when I first started and and I was doing a lot of production the role that I really wanted was combining that skill set with education which is nice because you had that education background and so you you had that to go on right so from an internship I went straight to being the uh, audio tech so I ran audio for a lot of the the productions that we did, but also then I was pretty good camera operator for sports. So I did that a lot and I could talk. So I did a lot of on air cause I didn't have a lot of people who wanted to do on air. And, um, and then at some point the director of educational services opened up. It had been, uh, a, a, assigned to someone in Nashville and they were sort of working two different PBS stations that were owned by the state but they decided that Cookville, WCT, would have its own. And so I applied for that. And, you know, it just it's something that I tell young women and young men all the time. You may take a job that you feel like you're overqualified for or you should be making more money or you should be doing whatever. But if it gets your foot in the door, you should look at that. Because, see, when I started as the audio tech, I would have made more money teaching school mm-hmm. and that, and we know that we don't pay our school teachers enough. We right. know that. Right. But even at that position, I knew that that was a direction I wanted to go and I was going to take whatever job gave me the opportunity to get my foot in the door. Well, and I'm, I'm guessing you're part of public television, right? So I'm guessing even as president and CEO, you're still not making what you would be making at, you know, a CBS station. Oh, no, no. And that's so right. you, I think uh, another, but are you happier? And yes, there, I'm sure there's stressful situations in your job and, right. but overall, I mean, looking back on a 40 year career, have you gotten to experience things that you just never thought were going to happen? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I have. And, you know, public television is a mission-based medium. I mean, it just, we are, it's an interesting, PBS is not a network. PBS is a member station organization. So we are full members to PBS. And PBS does have 
programming that they give to us or or we have with our membership. And we do have certain time periods that we air that. But we also are just our own community licensee. Uh, Each station, and there are 300 plus PBS stations in the country. So to have one here when there's only, let's say, 350 in the country, that's a pretty significant. I take a lot of responsibility that and that it's it's succeeded and it's succeeded it's successful because it they they don't always stay right they, they close well down now i mean then, you, yeah? it, it's hard it's hard i mean we're a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. we're serving a rural community our ability to fundraise is different than let's say nashville public television's ability to fundraise mm-hmm. and so what i really love though is this station is licensed to the upper cumberland there will never be another television station licensed to the upper cumberland the FCC is buying back television license because the spectrum is needed for your cell phone, for towers. And so I want the Upper Cumberland to know whether I'm here or somebody else is here, this station belongs to them. This station is theirs today and tomorrow and hopefully 40, 50, 100 years down the road. But it needs our protection because... It, it's difficult to run a television station on a under a three million dollar budget. We have a two point two million dollar budget, and uh, when you th- and we run four channels, and we do a lot of local content, we do a lot of uh, educational programming, and that's a CPB, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, considers a small station to have a budget of under five million dollars. Oh. So think about so that. So you're a micro station. So we're a micro station, but we're mighty. We're yes. like the poster child nationally for small stations. Whenever PBS wants to send somebody to see what how a small station operates, they send them to Cookville. And you, I mean, do you, do you wear that badge of honor? Do you, do you understand how yes. much you've been a part of that? Well, I, I wear what our station has been a part of. Yeah. I mean, again... Uh, it's not me. Now, I will say that I'm a mouthpiece and I make sure everybody knows about Cookville and everybody knows about WCTE and what we're doing. But it is the work of our people. Well, and one thing I think this is specifically with your personality and 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 the people who have listened to the last 20 minutes of this podcast will understand you have probably mentioned 10 to 20 people that I have no idea who you're talking right. about. They have, but you are a people person. Yeah. You remember everyone's name. You remember all these people, things about people. And, and this guy, he was doing tech and told me to carry the, the equipment. You remember all those things. And that I think will set uh, the tone too. Again, you're, you kind of set the tone at the station. And so you set this, we're going to be of the people right? because you remember all those things. Well, you know, I just had, I just celebrated my 38th year of being employed at WCTE and I appreciated Avery Hutchins gave me this note and it's a quote from Julia Child actually. And the quote was, I love the public and the public loved me. And you know, I think that's true. Yeah. I think it's true. I feel that. Whenever well, I run out and I see people and they say, oh, I love WCT. I love watching what you guys are doing. I love them instantly. And and you, you're, 
<laughs> I mean, I did get, I, I, we joked before we got on recording that yeah. I was recording with <laughs> Becky Makura today, you know, but I, you're, you're just a real person. Well, I and, under- and you're just, I mean, at, at the, the soul of who you are, you're still that girl j- growing up on the corner of Jerry Whitson and, and, and Dixie. Dixie Avenue. That's right. And so you're just this Cookville girl that That's right. this is your way to kind of impact the community and give back and be a part of, of something bigger. You know, nationally, I've had the chance to meet Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. That probably was without a doubt a highlight. I had the chance to ride on a bus with Ken Burns. I mean, there are PBS icons who mean everything to our work. And yet that while that's exciting and I never dreamed that I would have that opportunity you know, it's no more exciting to me than meeting somebody at the Putnam County Fair who point blank say to me, you're the only station we get. And if if it weren't for WCT, I don't know what we would get. And I think, okay, that's really why we're here. All this other is great, but it's that. It's the fact that we belong to the people. And I, you know, I could have gone other places I could still go other places. We all could. Are we breaking, breaking news? Here? No, no, no breaking news. <laughs> but but the point is, because it's important to think about this. You know, I've had I've had fellow GMs say, Becky, why didn't you go somewhere else? You could have, you know, you've done a lot nationally. Why, why didn't you? Well, one is I love it here. This is home. I never would have dreamed I could do this incredible work at home uh, and be among the people that I love and respect and want to be. I want to be here. But um, I do think that you have to, as a leader, also create paths for other people to lead. And you have to be open to what's next for them, what's next for you, what's next for the, you know, the station, the community. Are there other places, too, that you would want to experience? So I'm not breaking any news, but I do think it's important for every leader to think that. Mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, we all want those opportunities that we can make a difference. And I've had lots of incredible opportunities. In case you're just joining us, we have Becky McGurrow with WCTE, which is the local affiliate of PBS. She's the president and CEO, and you're listening to Powered by Her in the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center. So um, what is next for <laughs> Becky? You know, I don't know. I I am I'm at that age where you think about that. You th- I, I can't imagine ever just fully retiring because that's just, I don't know. It's just kind of not who I think I am. Uh, although, in fact, my son asked me recently, he said, do you think you could just enjoy stopping and not doing something? Mm-hmm. And I can't quite imagine that. Um, so I'm not sure. What's yeah. next for me? I do think there is probably something out there. I still sort of dream about holding an Oscar and maybe doing some acting down the road. I miss that part of it. I've really enjoyed that creative part, but I haven't done that in such a long time that I can't quite comprehend. I've thought about doing podcast. I've thought about doing um, maybe really curating content from our region that is not getting out nationally and how could I help that get out nationally next level I think the thing that's kind of unique here is that we have a really interesting opportunity I think to either be 
to be kind of big, impactual fish in yes. a smaller pond. Yes. And I think uh, even for myself, uh, hosting a podcast, I think I don't know if I could be as impactual impactful on a national you know in a bigger Mm -hmm. city in a bigger Mm -hmm. area and I've gained so many skills with helping entrepreneurs um, that I don't know that I would have been able to touch as many businesses or lives Mm -hmm. if I were on a bigger scale so now that you have those skills Mm -hmm. and you've kind of spent some time a few years right (laughs) um, you know really gaining a lot of this thing and really making impact on this community now you can take your impact and kind of go um you can go global. <laughs> go global. Well, you just don't know what's possible. And now because of technology, really anything is possible. Right. Which is amazing. Well, and I think, do you think as women that it helps us kind of gain some confidence to kind of do it on in our hometown on this scale where it's a gr- good sized community to make an impact and feel like you're doing something um, to g- kind of gain that confidence like, hey, yeah, maybe I could could go do this and, and make an impact somewhere else? Well, I do think we have we have a lot of opportunities. You know, the opportunities I've gotten at WCTE, uh, I wouldn't have gotten in other places that are much more restricted to, you know, that's your job, don't get out of your lane kind of thing. Yes. Uh, and, you know, we, we encourage people at the station, hey, if you want to try something, try it here. To make your lane. That's right, because yes. there's no telling what you can accomplish, and you don't know what you don't know. Right. So until you really try something, you don't know that. So I do think that's a great thing about being in a, in a rural region, and, and you can try things, you can be innovative, and you can be experimental, and um, I think that's why entrepreneurs, you, you've done such great things with entrepreneurs, and I think that's why they can thrive in this kind of rich, fertile soil, is because people will give you a chance. And they will support you. I, I've never heard somebody talk about this region like that as rich, fertile soil. But I really love that. Well, I, use it. I do think that this is, I mean, it's always kind of like, oh, there's this magical component. But I think thinking of it as rich, fertile soil where you can really put down some great yeah. roots to, to grow strong and tall right. is a really great way to think about it. Right. And you, um, WCTE just makes this platform that allows... You know, it's just one of the the really great nutrients of the soil, I think. I think so, too. And, you know, some I've been very interested about uh, encouraging women content creators. So I love that you're doing this podcast. I absolutely love that. And I want us to be able to share that. We want to learn. We're not doing a lot of podcasting at WCT, but we want to grow that part of our work. And we want to grow more content creators in our region, telling our stories. You know, it's one thing to have somebody fly in and drop in and do a story and fly out, and they're not part of you. They don't know what it means to live here. And we're we're going to work with the Cookfield Performing Arts Center to hopefully kick off our first film festival uh, this summer, and, and, um, and hopefully it'll continue growing. But the idea behind that is, who's telling our stories? How do we identify with who we are as a community, as a region, as a country? What does it mean if you created an American portrait, which is going to be a new PBS series? What is an American portrait? What does that look like? Yeah. And so I think one of the things I appreciate you saying we we provide this platform for people. Well, we want to grow that platform. We really want to encourage and embrace and support content creators, local content creators. 
on multiple platforms. And I think that's, I mean, <laughs> just the energy, like I said, the passion and the heart that you have. I'm, I'm not sure that you would say meeting Fred Rogers is more hits you harder, impacts you more than than allowing somebody the platform to to tell the story of of what rural America looks like to them. Absolutely, and and that's that's Absolutely. what you, who is needed in a role like your, the role you're you're um, in is because you you one's not more important than the other. Well, thank you for that, and I and I believe that you know mm-hmm. I I think. Um, We've got such a great future in this area. You know, mm-hmm. we 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 have so much to offer. We have so much to offer a national audience that they don't know. But I think we I, I think there's really a lot of key players that um, really have that feel to preserve mm-hmm. what we have too. Mm-hmm. that people don't want to we don't want to become. A big city no. where we don't have that feeling of of we can connect with our neighbors. We we have a lot of of um, camaraderie here. Well, and and we're authentic. I think uh, one of the things I love about the region is you get what you see. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's not it's not perfect. There are things here that are not perfect, and there there are people who are still disenfranchised, and there are people who still we need to lift up and help gain opportunity but it for the most part i think we live in a really incredible area that wants to support and and be together and find the commonalities not the differences and celebrate being uh from tennessee and from the upper cumberland and from america or maybe new to america mm-hmm. we want that you know we want this this uh this really great place of being together. And that's what I love when I when I'm out in town. You know, and I've thought about that a lot, Tiffany. I've thought, well, what if I did go somewhere else or what if I had gone somewhere else? Would it have been the same? I mean, part of the joy of it is to walk in somewhere and they say, oh, honey, I remember your mom and daddy. Mm-hmm. And they tell me stories about my mom and dad who have been gone for quite a while. And uh, and it just says a lot uh-huh. about where you're from and who you are. Uh-huh. And so I want more people to tell those stories. Well, and I think to me, I, no one knows my mom or dad here, yeah. but I still feel like I, I, I fit in. Right. I don't feel like I'm an outcast, an outsider because, but, you know, I've made, That's good. I've made my way for it. That's to, right. You know, I've said, well, here, I'm here to stay. That's right. <laughs> right, right. You know, so I've kind of made my way. Before we wrap up, any advice that you have for women or young girls who are kind of don't think maybe they can get to, you know, where they want to be or, or, or have some limiting views? You know, I, I think, first of all, you have to believe in yourself. You, you have to dream big, really dream big. And but know that dreaming big may be able to happen right here. It may not be that you have to win an Oscar. It may be that you create a piece of content that changes somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be that, you know, I think it's just one of the things that I've really thought about in the last probably 10 years is, and it's interesting that we talked about the rich, fertile soil, is I think about we all have our own terrain. So I want you to think about this. If you think about what, if you were a farmer, 
one of the first things you do is you protect your terrain because your terrain is your livelihood. Mm -hmm. And so how your animals are treated and how your plants that you're planting are treated and the ground that you're, you're working with, you protect that. So if you think about directing, protecting your personal terrain, and that's your spiritual and emotional and physical and mental health and being, that is where I think people need to start. Just start there. And don't limit yourself. I never in a million years would have believed that I would be sitting here with you having the good opportunity to share this story when I was sitting on the corner of Dixie Avenue and Jerry Whitson. With your Dove soap in With your my hand. Dove soap, thinking I might someday win an award. Never. I was this scrappy little tomboy girl that ran my bicycle all up and down the neighborhood and loved, loved life. And that part hasn't changed. I still love life. I love our region. But I am more thoughtful about my terrain and your terrain than I ever have been in my life. I love that. Thank you. I love that. Well, how can people find you if they're looking for you, if they're looking for WCTE? Well, I'm really easy to find. Uh, I'm on the corner now of <laughs> Madison and Broad. That's where WCTE is located, right downtown near the courthouse. And, are you on, um, are you on LinkedIn? I you know I am, but I'm not great about <laughs> updating my profile. But I need but to if, work on that. But if people can, I'm on connection. LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. WCT is on Facebook. Um, we we do a lot of. I do a, a local show um, once a month that I interview local folks and uh, well, and I'm out. Let me out. know when you need me out uh, there. That'd be great. <laughs> that'd be fun, wouldn't it? I'd love that. Yes. Well, D Becky Magura, president and CEO of WCTE, our local PBS affiliate. Thank you so much for being here. I Thank enjoyed you. this very much. Oh, it was great. Thanks so much. You've listened to Powered by Her in the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center. You've been listening to Powered by Her. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center. 